2: Busy week in the National Football League, which means a
3: busy week for the Bird. That's why we're here. Birds 365 with the mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, yesterday, we had the excitement of Hassan uh, coming back to the Philadelphia Eagles a deal that I was quite excited about. And it seems like most of Eagle Nation, we've had 24 hours to uh, get the feel from Eagle fans, J-Mac on our stream, on uh, uh, outlets like WIP and and 97.5, the Fanatic looks like Eagle Nation pretty excited about bringing a former Philly college kid back into the fold to get after the quarterback this year. Yesterday, just kind of housekeeping stuff. Uh, nothing moving. The busy Eagles. work.
1: Busy work. Like is that, is that,
3: that's another way to describe it. I, mean, mm-hmm. I like the busy work that the Eagles were up to yesterday. And we had speculated on some of it ahead of time. Some of it came to fruition. Uh, not nearly as excited about what the Eagles had to do. And I understand it's not the magnitude of giving a uh, free agent uh, pass rusher $45 million. And you got to do what you got to do because you have to manage the entire roster. Yeah, I'm okay maybe it's the Greg Ward thing. You know how big a fan I am of Greg Ward and he's coming back because last year had been such a, uh, yeah, light down. That's what I'll call it. Um, I, I didn't necessarily think and or want Greg Ward back on this team because wh- what are you, what kind of a roadmap can you draw where Greg Ward is a bigger contributor for the Eagles next year than he was this past year? did they make sirianni regime
1: um probably none you know barring massive injuries but you know i he's a he's a good guy he's a great guy he's a great teammate he's 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 smart he's helpful he's until we keep talking about adding a veteran body to that room he's the veteran body i mean even though he played quarterback at college it's hard for people to imagine he's not that old but i mean he's the guy he's the he's the steadying presence in that room with a bunch of young guys doesn't hurt to bring him back, you know, one year, probably getting about $2 million. Um, and if you cut him, uh, you know, if you find a way to improve and you cut him at the end of the summer, it's no big deal. It doesn't affect you. Um, you know, we'll see when the, when the contracts are actually filed today, because remember free agency doesn't even start technically until four o'clock today. So it's going to be exciting to see where all the big players go. Jody, it's going to be exciting to, to know where they're going to, where they're going to sign, but tongue firmly planted in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Greg Ward's good guy. It's like, you know, doesn't hurt to bring him back. You might as well bring him back, and he obviously he's not going to get a deal other places. So why
3: not? Why um, give us the best guess scenario? You said uh, around two million dollars. i do not even sure it's going to be that. Um, how much of that would be a signing bonus that he's showing? Uh, good faith to the Eagles because they give him the chance to become wide receiver in the league. He signs off on a uh, basically minimum type contract. Uh, As you said, in the NFL, it's a one way street where teams can just say, oh, yeah, we agreed to that contract. Never mind. And they go ahead and cut you with no ramification. Whereas in other sports, uh, guaranteed contracts keep teams from doing that. What do you think a guy like Greg Ward gets as far as a signing bonus? <laughs> so at least he gets something going out the door if he gets cut in the preseason.
1: Um I you know it's interesting now that you bring that up. I got to look what the minimum minimum salary is going to be for a veteran. I'll do that at the break in in this year. So he could be down at that. He could be um you know given a little bit more like I said, you know, you might give him um couple hundred grand to sign, depends, you know, if you really believe he's he's going to um, be potential on the back end of your roster, or you're bringing him back for the reason I said, you know, just because he's a good influence on your young receiver room. You know, in theory, they don't have to give him any signing bonus. I, I You know, he probably doesn't have options. I, I would think because of what he's done for the organization, they're going to throw a couple Shackles at him, and and to get him back, and it's not meaningful on on the salary cap standpoint. And It will be set up. I'm very confident to say it will be set up when it's filed that if he is released at the end of the summer or during the summer, uh, it's not going to affect the Eagles at all, basically from a salary cap standpoint. So that's when I say you know whether you want to call it housekeeping work, busy work, whatever. I You know, I'm a little surprised he's back because they were so gung-ho that they wanted to improve at the position as a whole. They couldn't get Calvin Ridley. You know, the names are falling off uh, the board uh, as we speak, not only at receiver but also safety. Um, You know, Howie Roseman talked in Indy, and one of the things he said, you know, Pre-agency is about checking boxes, so you don't have to, you don't have to press during the draft, and you know. And he said, if things work out well, we're two days in, still a long way to go. I think people need to realize that, and they're going to check these boxes. They're going to bring in receiver. I don't know who they're going to bring in the safety. I don't know who, but they're not going to force themselves to reach in the draft. And Greg will be in the mix because. Uh, he's and 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 he might surprise people because I hope because so. you know, he's a hard worker. You know, this stuff goes a long way. We're talking about Nick Ceriani bringing in Zach Paschal, for instance. You know, you constantly hear that Zach Paschal, Zach. Pas- Why do you constantly hear that? Because he does everything the right way. The coach loves him, the coach, you know, wants to, to ball to him, and not everybody's like that. And you know, he might surprise people. He's one of those players who's like that. It's funny that you say that because that was going to be my next question.
3: Does a returning Greg Ward make it less likely that Zach Pascal's going to be here? Because if one of Greg Ward's strengths is he's a good guy in the room. He keeps up the spirits of the young guys, not afraid to uh, help them out and, and give them pointers if necessary. That if you've got a guy like Greg Ward, that uh, Zach Pascoe isn't as necessary because let's be honest. Neither one of them is going to go out and grab 60 balls and have 800 yards of receptions and five touchdowns. Neither one of those players are those type of players. Eagles are still looking for that guy, uh, whether he's a hard worker or not, whether he's a good influence in the wide receiver room or not. They need production. And I think it's always smart to be on the lookout for that type of a player because it does balance off your room. Yeah, I'm worried about production. Uh, uh, I'll I'll leave it to Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff to get these guys coached and up and ready. Give me a guy who actually go out and make plays over a guy who's a good guy in the room. That's not as big a deal to make. Now, I'm not there. Uh, you seem to be of the belief that the Eagles lean on that heavily. I'm leaning on a guy who can go out and actually put up some numbers next year at the wide receiver position to this point. The Eagles have gotten <clears throat> no one like that in free agency.
1: Yeah, well, and look, none of those, neither of those players are in that conversation. So I get where you're going. The Eagles have already, um, you know, identified, have already flashed, have already shown that they understand they need more production by trying to make the trade for Calvin Ridley. I mean, they clearly, I the old saying is, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do they clearly understand they need an upgrade at wide receiver by trying to go out and get a 1,300-yard receiver until obviously things went awry for him and, and we all know about the suspension. So they're clearly aware that they need to add some big-time, I, I would say, impact at the receiver position. And that's not going to be Greg Ward or Zach Pascal, as Greg Ward's contract, you know, indicates. And, you know, this is not somebody they're counting on to give them production. So, you know, but the one thing where I say all the good things about Greg Ward, the one box we talk about checking boxes, the one box he doesn't check from the perspective of all the talk I was talking about, he's not a receiver. He's not a technician. He learned the position himself at the pro level after playing, you know, quarterback, where he's a pretty darn good quarterback at Houston at the college level. He's not a receiver. So you don't have that technician. He can show players. He can show younger players how to be a professional, how to work, how to go about their job. But when it comes to the the, the route running, like when it comes to the step on digs, Devonte Adams, Amari Cooper route running, the technique, the footwork, the the positioning, he, he can't help with that. He's he's in the same boat as those guys for a lot of it. And he's behind Devontae Smith, certainly, uh, who's more of a natural route runner. So what you really want is a veteran presence who encompasses everything all the good of Greg Ward as far as being a a, 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 a leader and a work ethic guy, but who's also a technician who can who can impart you know, how important the little things. We talked a little bit about that play in New York again against the Giants where everybody's running the wrong route. They're at the wrong depth. They're at the wrong steps. You need somebody who can impart that to the young receivers. And that's where I think Greg Ward doesn't work in that situation. Maybe Zach Pascal does. Maybe. Well,
3: I was a little surprised they even brought the Ward. back. As big a fan I am, it just didn't seem to make sense to me. And, oh, by the way, I'm not giving Howie Roseman a participation trophy because he was reportedly involved in bidding to potentially get the wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. From no, the
1: I'm saying it's an indication they understand the situation. That's all I'm saying. I'm not giving them a ribbon. I'm saying it's a clear, uh, like I said, don't watch what they say. I, I watch what they do. So that. But here's the thing they did nothing. They may have had a
3: conversation. They may have uh, even made a formal offer for him. They didn't acquire him, so it's, 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 it's – acknowledge what they did. They did zippity-doo-dah. They didn't get the guy yet.
1: But the the sentiment is there that they – why are they chasing the guy? Why is there a deal in place, Was is essentially what Jay said. Why is there a deal in place for that particular player? That's what I'm talking about. That's – yeah, they didn't they didn't get it done. And to a certain degree, it's not, you know, they had no idea the suspension was coming down. But remember, there's some issues with Calvin Ridley coming off last year as well, in the fact that he missed, I don't know, 12 games or whatever it was. So uh with the mental health issues, the anxiety, um stemming from a breakup. But if it if, if you know, all I'm trying to say is. you're saying they they need production all i'm trying to say is they're aware they need production from the wide receiver that's all i'm trying to say i'm not trying to get they didn't get they haven't done it haven't improved its safety right um you know uh tyron mathhouse out there nobody else you know who's going to be that big splash because everybody has come off the safety board um Jordan Whitehead, the Jets, your team got a great deal with him. I don't know what's going on. That's that's a great signing for me, for a young players, got some upside. And then in turn, Marcus May got three years, I think, from the Saints, um, which is a, a little bit of a surprise because he's coming off the torn Achilles. Um, maybe the market's a little bit higher than they thought. I think Jimmy Kemski was the first one to say they were in on Marcus Williams, but I don't think that. I, I mean, of course, they were in on Marcus Williams, but you know, I heard it was the Ravens and the Jets, so they were never going that high. Um, you know, it's it's nice to be disciplined. You know, it's kind of a catch twenty two. I see both sides of the fence. I we've had this conversation. I I I don't want Marcus Williams for that money for all the things in Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia. I don't think he's that good of a player to be paid like one of the best safeties in the NFL. I think people are going to expect him to be that. And it's going to be one of those free agent. He's going to be there for two years and they're either going to have to rework his deal or he's out of there because he can't reach that level of expectation. So I, I like the discipline part at times, but you know, you also got to figure out a way to get, maybe a good contract with Jordan Whitehead or something of that nature.
3: Yeah, I'm a bigger Marcus May, uh, Marcus Williams fan than you are. Uh, I think he will be worth that kind of money. Well, slightly higher than I thought he was going to get, but not uh, significantly higher. Sounds like you thought he got uh, fits into those Christian Kirk blatantly overpaid type deal, and I don't think that was the case. I think it was a good signing by the Ravens, and yeah, I think the Jets were involved. But I take Cam Skeeter's word; he's a damn good reporter. If they were competitive, now that leaves you wiggle room as to what is competitive. If they were only offering him three years and twelve million, as compared to five years and fifteen million, you, someone can look at that and go, "Oh, that's a competitive offer," and others can look at it and go, "Yeah, that's not competitive. You're not really all that close." So, uh, competitive is in the eye of the beholder. But here's the bottom line: to this point. Two days in, and I know it's only two days in, but there's a lot of uh, pretty damn, a lot of activity for the first two days. Wide receiver position that the Eagles well acknowledged they needed to upgrade and get better and add veteran. They've added none. Safety, both of their starting safeties out on the market, free agents. They got to lock in somebody there. As far as a veteran goes, they've got none. Uh, people ready to run my guy, Steven Nelson out of town. We got an upgraded cornerback. And yes, we all believe cornerback will be a position that they will address in the draft, but they want to get some veteran upgrade. They've gotten none other than the pass rusher with the Hassan Reddick. They really haven't added anything to this team at this point. Uh, should Eagle fans be nervous? That's something we'll kick around over the course of the next hour and change. We've got two good guests coming your way a little bit later on. Our own D-Gun is going to join us. Derek Gun will hop aboard. We'll talk all things Eagle with him. But coming up next, our buddy from down in the uh, first state. That's what Delaware is, right? Uh, Nutmeg is Connecticut. Yeah.
1: Delaware Martin's, is Martin's state. kind of a, is Martin on? The, yeah, Martin's waiting. Martin's kind of a, a broad Delawarean. Can I say that? Now he's well, living in Pennsylvania. You can say anything
3: you want, but then you're going to get He's going to get upset. He's going to get upset.
1: Now everybody does. But Martin covers Delaware better than anybody else, so that's the key part. That's uh, the key part. I don't. How, how, how can you call him fraud when he got a
3: Delaware question in with you guys on the beat last year?
1: Oh he, my God, are you kidding? He always gets Delaware. He, he, he's not a fraud from that standpoint, not at all. That's in fact, he's going to be. You're going to get an exciting last question to Martin Frank. So I'll, I'll leave that. Uh, I'll leave that hanging. Fair enough. Uh, All
3: right. John McFaul, Jody McDonald, Mackinac, Birds 365, Delaware, the Delawarean, Martin Frank joins us next here on Birds 365.
4: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want.
1: And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
5: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this.
6: Call 215-458-2222.
7: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
6: One, two, three. Because
7: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
3: Here, and yes, NFLs at 4 o'clock this afternoon players and the team's code of paper on agreements that have already been rendered. Eagles had a big move day one, a couple housekeeping moves day two. What are we going to get on day three? Let's find out from a guy who knows the team inside out. No fraud Delawarean to me.
1: That's are- a harsh word. I apologize. What? I, I should have went, went I should have went faux. That's what I was looking for, but I mm-hmm. panicked. That's too harsh of a word. No, Martin just lives in Pennsylvania now, oh, which maybe. is not, you know, it's easier. Hey, got to get to the complex. Got to get to the Wells Fargo Center. It's a little bit easier. By the way, Derek Con lives in Delaware. We got sure does. Yeah. So well, yeah. there you We're go. Delaware all over the place
3: today. Yeah. From your front door, time you put the key in the car, turn it over, drive as quickly as the law will allow. How long does it take you to get the Delaware from your house?
8: About 45 minutes.
3: Oh, that is, then you are a faux Delaware guy.
8: Delaware's like 45 minutes from anywhere. Yeah, that's know?
1: true. That's true, too. It's like South Jersey. You can't, you know, anywhere I'm going, it takes 25 minutes. So um, I might as well be in Delaware. Well, let's see, so. when I
3: grew up, that was Long Island. Then yeah. I didn't yes. get anywhere in Long Island in 25 minutes baloney. Yeah. You want to go out to Montauk and take you two and a half hours on a Friday during oh, yeah. the weekend. What the hell are you
1: talking about? It's easier you to can, get to Ohio than Long Island. An hour
8: and go like maybe a yeah. mile. Yeah, it's
1: far easier. You can go across the country before you can get to Long Island. Yeah. Uh All right, enough travel talk. I apologize, Martin. So well, let's get it back on track. Uh, Martin Frank, Delaware Online.com. So your latest piece, you know, we're only 48 hours into this, and obviously today's the only first official day. Sure. Wink, wink. Um, so, I mean, there's plenty plenty of moves to be made. Um, but, you know, the Eagles haven't come out of the, the, the tampering period, so to speak, with uh, a safety. I think we all thought uh, that would be a significant target. Wide receiver as well. They tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. Uh, we know that now they did get an edge rusher maybe when they spend money they tend to spend it on the offensive and defensive line. so maybe we all miss the obvious but your your broader ranging question does Howie Roseman have a plan what do you think <laughs> does he have a plan here Martin is he just losing
8: out on players well I mean he probably does I, I don't think I don't think they wanted to spend uh you know, top dollar for a guy like uh, Marcus Williams, for example, at safety or, um, we love, you them. know, at wide, at wide receiver, uh, you know, I mean, they obviously, oh, no, that, that was your,
1: I, th- I thought your dog was creeping up over your shoulder. Yeah,
8: she, Well, she was kind of hiding. Now I'm really chair.
1: getting in trouble. See, that's, that's bad <laughs> eyesight. That's bad eyesight. I apologize yeah. again. Go ahead, Martin.
8: So, yeah. Um, you Know they weren't going to spend like top dollar for guys, you know, when when teams like Jacksonville and the Jets and and even the Colts have like all this money free agency. I mean, they're just throwing around money like it's uh you know paper basically. And uh, the Eagles weren't going to be able to compete with with teams like that. You know, you, you look at Christian Kirk getting an average annual value of about 18 million dollars a year. Yeah. I mean that's ridiculous i mean the guy's yeah. never had a thousand yard receiving season um and that kind of like drives up the price for everybody else i mean you know you still have a couple guys out there and Allen robinson and and juju smith schuster you know but those guys are probably going to get a decent decent amount too and i don't know if the eagles probably be in. A, i don't know if the eagles will be being be on those guys too unless you know they wait it out and their their value drops and maybe they take a one-year deal but um doesn't seem like that's going to be the case I mean you know they're they're probably going to get like these lower tier guys you know a veteran wide receiver someone like maybe Zach Pascal from the Colts who you know Nick Sirianni is pretty familiar with and you know he's a good slot receiver he's a veteran he knows the offense and everything like that so you know and then go in the draft I mean you know they get the three first round picks uh, there's a good crop of wide receivers they can get a safety in the You know, maybe second round, first round, something like that. I mean, they can address some of those needs that they didn't necessarily address in free agency.
3: Let me ask you about uh, Juju because he's an interesting take. Uh, A lot of people thought he'd be a good fit for the Eagles. The Eagles inquired on him last year. Kind of like uh, Hassan Reddick, who I wanted to see the Eagles get last year. They didn't. They got him a year later, and I'm still ecstatic about it. But I would have taken him last year. Same thing with Juju Smith-Schuster. And Eagles inquired Hmm. last year. He decided to go back to Pittsburgh. Uh, No more Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe Pittsburgh is less attractive to him. And he's more willing to spread his wings and fly maybe to Philadelphia. But there are mixed reports that maybe the Eagles' interest in him isn't what it was uh, reported to be that, that this isn't the priority for them, or at least he isn't a priority for them. He seems to make a lot of sense. Uh, one of, John, and my favorite uh, phrases, checks boxes. Oh, he does a lot of that for a fit with the Philadelphia Eagles. Why do you think, if it has, and these are all just reports, Howie Roseman has come out and said, yeah, we're not as up on Juju smith story as we used to be. If the reports are accurate, why do you think the Eagles were cooled on Juju?
8: uh i'm not sure they they have cooled i mean this could be all gamesmanship on Howie's part or someone from the eagles you know like yeah we don't think that much about him we're not we're not really interested i mean you know if he comes out and says you know if they come out and say yeah yeah he's somebody we were targeting we really want i mean that drives up the price maybe somebody else says hey you know we're gonna get him um then you know I, i think it's all I mean, you know, this time of year, agents and GMs and people like that, I mean, they've got their own agendas and stuff. And this, this could be something like, you know, how he's saying, you know, yeah, we're going to cool on him. Maybe there won't be as much interest and then kind of swoop in later on and, you know, try to get him. So I wouldn't be uh, – I mean, he would be <laughs> seem to be ideal for what the Eagles need. I mean, you know, he's he's a tremendous slot receiver, very dependable, catches the ball yet like – I think 111 catches a couple of years ago um, Had 97. Uh, I want to say two years ago. I mean, he was hurt last year. I mean, he only played in the five games. So, you know, obviously that's not what that's why he's not getting like top dollar right now, but I mean, he's a guy who can definitely help the Eagles. I mean, that's definitely something they need a dependable, really good slot receiver who can open things up for Devontae, Quez Watkins and guys like that.
1: Martin, uh, kind of shifting sides of the ball. The other obvious position is safety, Mm -hmm. and the safeties have come off. You mentioned Marcus Williams uh, at the top of the list, but you know uh, the dominoes have fallen from there. Jordan White had Jody's Jets get him on a great deal. I thought that would have been a perfect Eagles deal for a younger player. um, For whatever Marcus may has got a history with Denard Wilson, signs with the Saints. Um, there's one guy out there though, and it's not a typical Eagle signing because yeah. Tyron Matthews, a little bit older, a lot of tread on the tire, but he can still play. You're talking about an all pro level safety. Um, and last year, you know, Jonathan Gannon would talk a lot about Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith is Harrison Smith that. And he seems to want this movable piece who can move all over the field, sort of like Malcolm Jenkins did when he was here. Um, Matthew's that guy. Mar- Mar- Marcus Williams is a safety. You know, he's going to play back. He's going to be covered. He's going to – he's a safety. Are they Are they preparing to, to make a splash to bring in a big-name player like that who's a little bit older that doesn't bid – sort of the normal Eagles thinking.
8: It's possible. I mean, you know, you also have to weigh how many years do you want to give him Because if we're talking, about, I mean, we're talking about Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be 30 years old. 30. Uh, yeah. He's played he, nine years. He, I think a lot of tread on the tire, but right. So you have player. to kind of figure out like what's, what's a good contract for a guy like that. I mean, You know, is some team going to say, oh, we'll give him three or four years anyway. We don't care. We want him that badly. I mean, that's not going to be the Eagles. But are they going to give him a two-year deal? Are they going to give him a one-year deal? Um, You know, I guess what the Eagles have to figure out is, you know, for a guy who's 30 years old, can he still play, you know, two, three years down the road? Like, is he still going to be really good at 32, 33 years old? And I don't know if there's a history of safeties playing well, into their 30s. I mean, you know, you look at guys like Malcolm Jenkins and and um, obviously a guy who the Eagles, Eagles fans are very familiar with and Brian Dawkins. I mean, you know, the Eagles regretted letting Brian Dawkins go at the age of 30, and he played another two, three years. And, you know, Malcolm Jenkins is still going strong. I think he's like 32 or 33. But at the same time, like, you know, as they got older, they played more, closer to the box they were more like a hybrid type of linebacker and and you know how many years out of tarrant matthew are you going to get where he's the top safety i mean it's only going to be one more year is it going to be two more years and then you have to figure out like what's what's an offer that works there for the money and you know makes him kind of like still Still effective, you know. It's it's a balancing act, and I think you know there's going to be a team that's probably going to overpay and say we don't care. We're going to give them three years and top dollar and everything like that. And I don't think that team will be the Eagles, but you know it's possible there could be a team that does that. Martin,
3: uh, all right, so the Eagles haven't quite moved the needle yet at safety, a positional need uh, that they haven't been able to come up with a deal, not panic, but uh, a raised eyebrow. Well, at least they took care of the needed cornerback. They went out and got a cornerback. Oh, no, they haven't (laughs) done that yet either. They they needed to get some veteran upgrades, if not – uh, significant upgrades at all the defensive back positions that aren't being held by uh, Darius Slay as of right now. No corner maneuvering either. Again, slight concern. Hey, Jody, it's day three. How do you look at the fact that they haven't gotten either a safety or a corner to this point?
8: Yeah, I mean, it's it's concerning. Um, but remember, they do have three guys – their own free agents. They have Steve Nelson, who did a good job last year. They have Anthony Harris. They have Ronnie McLeod. All those guys are free agents and they could all leave, but those guys haven't left yet. I mean, obviously, I mean, they could bring back one of those guys. Like, if you bring back Steven Nelson on a one year deal, or one or uh, actually it'd probably take more than a one year deal considering how he played last year, but you bring Steven Nelson back, all of a sudden your cornerback situation is, is pretty much solved. You can add somebody in the draft. You can work in some of the younger guys. You know, they did trade for two guys uh, last fall who were rookies last year that they're pretty high on. Maybe those guys get a chance to back up. So you get Steven Nelson back, you're in pretty good shape. Or if you let Steven Nelson go and you bring back either Harris or McLeod, then all of a sudden safety isn't as big a concern. Um because I think they are they were going to start Marcus Epps anyway. I mean, he was rotating in last year with, with those two guys anyway. So, you know, you figure Epps is going to be a starter. You bring back one of those two guys. You know, you got your starters for next year. You know, you also have Kayvon Wallace. You can also draft a guy. So you'd have pretty good depth if you did that. And, and I think of those three, I mean, I think one of them probably will come back. Um, and that'll address one of the needs, and then you just have to figure out a way to address the other. All right, let's say
1: uh, we'll go safety first. Um, let's say they bring back Rodney McLeod uh, mm-hmm. on a one-year deal again um, and team him with Epsi as the safeties. Are you good with that? Is that good enough at, at safety in, in in the modern NFL?
8: Um, I think it's good enough for what, what the Eagles are doing. I think they still need to add something. I mean, I think they still need to get, you know, draft someone or, or if they're really high on Kayvon Wallace, you know, I think they need to work a third guy in there. I mean, they definitely need a little bit more depth, but I think like starting Rodney McLeod, you know, he was pretty good last year coming off the torn ACL. I mean, it took him a little while, but um to get back into it and everything like that. But I think he can I think he can, you know, a year removed and stuff. I think he can still give you one more one more pretty solid year. You would need a third guy obviously to work in with with him with them. Um and I think that's possible. You can still add that in the draft. And I think I think it's not going to be like a uh, strength per se, but I think they'd be good enough to be competitive back there so yeah i think that could possibly work if it's mcleod or if it's anthony harris one of those two guys all right martin
3: even though this is a bit of a layup question it's a significant question just the same which doesn't belong and why (laughs) new Orleans saints cleveland browns carolina panthers philadelphia eagles which doesn't belong and why
8: Oof. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it happening with the Eagles. If you're talking about Deshaun Watson, um, the I'm are- not
3: talking about Deshaun Watson. I'm talking about the fact that one team out of that group of four made the playoffs last year, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. The other three did not. Yet the other three, like a meeting with the Pope, have gotten a <laughs> chance to meet with Deshaun Watson, and the Philadelphia Eagles have not. Why is that the case, Martin Frank?
8: Well, because he obviously doesn't want to come here. I mean, and maybe the Eagles don't want him to come here. Uh, Joe Banner still
1: thinks he's coming here. But, you know, it is interesting. Forget about, you know, what the Eagles want, what Deshaun Watson wants, uh, you know. It's like Oprah Winfrey. Everybody's getting a meeting. Jody said it's the Pope. It's the exact opposite. I think the Calgary Stampeders are getting a meeting today. So Not the
3: Philadelphia Eagles! Yes. Everybody's getting a meeting but the so, Philadelphia Eagles! Somebody explain that to me! Yeah,
1: so that's the point, Martin. Why is all of a sudden Deshaun Watson has opened up his eyes and said, all right, I'll consider other teams. And we know the Eagles' history. And... We know they do their due diligence on everybody. They already mm-hmm. did their due diligence on Deshaun Watson uh, to mm-hmm. a certain extent. So why does it stop now and that the Eagles aren't pressing for this meeting? is it? Does it say something about their perceived love of Jalen Hurts? Uh, because this goes against every Eagles ethos about needing the superstar quarterback. This guy's never available. And obviously, he's available for horrible reasons. And, you know, it, 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 it there's 26 year old superstar quarterbacks don't come on the market. Um, the Eagles, 99.99% of the time, are going to be in that mix. Why are they not pushing harder? Is it just a PR thing to try to straddle the fence with Jalen Hurts to not create what Cleveland did with Baker Mayfield yesterday?
8: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Eagles did their due diligence uh, a year ago. We don't know what their due diligence was like. We don't know. That, do they come away and say, no, we're not going to go anywhere near this guy. We're not going to take the PR hit. We're not going to. I mean, you know, who knows what what comes of the civil suits? Who knows? You know, maybe they found something that, you know, like, no, we can't we can't go anywhere near this guy. Um I don't, it's a, it's an interesting dilemma because like you said, he's got all the traits that you would want. A 26 year old guy, um, you know, top, probably top five, top six or seven NFL quarterback, a guy who can make a difference for you. But at the same time, there's a lot of baggage. And also you have to look at it from this point of view. If, if they go out and they trade for Deshaun Watson, um, his salary cap figure is going to, keep the eagles from doing anything else i mean i don't know like if the, if they get him they would have to like they would have to like make some you know release some players and everything to get on back under the cap right because they just signed yeah they'd have to sign, do some maneuvering sign i mean they'd have yeah. to do something i mean i don't think they could just automatically fit him into their cap right now because they already signed reddick so that changes things a little bit um you know, and, and how you said all, all off season. I mean, you know, as soon as the season ended again at the combine a couple of weeks ago that, you know, their goal is to build around Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, they need to add some pieces. They need to get better players and stuff around him. And they think, you know, if, if it works out in 2022 and, and Hurts has a good year. Then, you know, they're pretty much set. I mean, Hertz is on his rookie contract. He's only counting like one point six million against the cap. I mean, that's a yeah. huge difference from Well, then I would say to count.
1: Howie Martin, go ahead something then. Go ahead. Go get a receiver.
8: Go go build around Jalen Hurts. And he'd say, yeah, I got Hassan Reddick. I mean, I got a pass rusher and everything. Which does help. That doesn't help Jalen Hurts. but
3: Let let me take it in this direction. If uh, we're all surprised and word comes out later today that the Eagles, too, are going to get some key individuals. They're going to get on a plane and immediately get down to Houston and have a meeting with Deshaun Watson. If that does transpire, does Jalen Hurts take to uh, social media and thank the Philadelphia fans for his year and a half that he's had here in Philadelphia? He's going to take
1: Eagles off his Twitter profile that he <laughs> never had on his Twitter profile. So you think
3: you think he'd go more uh, along the lines of Kyler Murray than Baker Mayfield, who goes to social media to profess his love yeah. to Cleveland? Oh, I loved you, Cleveland, but looks like we're parting ways. Do you think that the, the current Eagle quarterback would go that way?
8: I think if I think it's pretty safe to say that um, you know we know Jalen Hurts at all. He's he's not going to do anything like that. I mean, yeah, you know he's he goes out there and he competes, and you know he'll probably look at it like if they if they end up getting Deshaun Watson, and he's still on the team. I mean, I would assume he would go in that trade, but let's say for some reason he doesn't. I mean, he'd probably look at it like, hey, I'm going to compete for the starting quarterback job. And if Deshaun Watson wins it, you know, congratulations to him. I mean, he's not going to rock the boat and say, oh, thank you, Philadelphia. I've had a great year and a half. And, you know, but I'm not, you know, I think Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy, humble enough and everything like that. He's not going to like rock the boat or anything like that. And I think that's why his teammates love him. I mean to a man they rave about him as a leader i mean you know even jason kelsey i mean i would think like you know if he didn't like jalen hurts he would have retired i mean he would have drank in his keg of beer and and set off into the sunset you know but i think he's you know a lot of guys feel that way about him i mean he's a really good leader um he's someone who's only 23 years old and can get better i mean that's the thing you look at uh Carson Wentz for example you know everyone said oh yeah he had a pretty good year he completed like 62 percent of his passes and all that which is fine but I mean that's as good as Carson Wentz is going to get I mean we know that now he's been in the league five or six years um we've seen bad Carson Wentz and and good Carson Wentz is is as good as probably he's going to be as he was last year and everything so you know, Jalen Hurts, he hasn't really hit his ceiling yet, and he can get better. And if he doesn't, then the Eagles can move on in 2023. Um, it's not a situation where, like, they desperately need a quarterback right now. They kind of have one that they like. And if he gets better, great. And if he doesn't, then they'll find someone. All right. I want to bring out about the names for
1: a second, Martin. I want you to put on your Howie Roseman hat or your Jeffrey Lurie hat. Or both right. and become morph into both. Do you, as you mentioned, they've been very public, uh, a lot of votes of confidence for Jalen Hurts as the future of this team. A lot of people you mentioned, very cost effective in the short term, $1.6 uh, for this year. You see the numbers around the NFL exploding uh, as a whole, but specifically at the quarterback position. I've asked this question of a lot of people. Jody's heard it a number of times. By this time next year, if Jalen Hurts plays the same he does or gets a little bit better, he's going to be in line to get paid $30 million minimum on an extension. Is is Do you think this team would be willing to go to that level, which is medium pay, for a quarterback, especially next year with the, the cap spiking further because the new TV deals will kick in. That's going to be the cost of doing business for a middle of the road quarterback in the NFL. No more $1.6 million. What are we doing here? That's why I say, isn't there a sense of urgency maybe bigger than people realize at that particular position, especially Martin, because you have the three first round picks,
8: which is not a common occurrence. Yeah. I, I mean, go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, that that's what puts uh, this season kind of in, like in a sense of urgency right now to add the pieces that you still can while he's on his rookie contract and then make the decision. I mean, you know, if, If you're gonna say right now, oh, I gotta get Deshaun Watson and everything, and you know, I think his cap hit is thirty-five to forty million over the next few years. Which will be cheap, by the way, next year, (laughs) but you'll have to redo it. Man, you'll have to redo it. You kick the can down the proverbial road as happens often. I mean, that's the thing, like they have this space now to do other things. I mean, they don't have they're not committed to the quarterback. I mean, that was kind of the same situation when, when Carson Wentz was on his rookie contract. You look at his second year in 2017. I mean, they added Alshon Jeffrey. They added LeGarrette Blount. Um, the year before, they added Roddy McLeod and Brandon Brooks. Um, you know, they made some moves. I mean, they added guys who were integral parts of the Super Bowl team. And then that second year, Wentz improved enough to the point where he was playing at an MVP-type of level. Now – I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is going to play at an MVP type of level, but, you know, maybe he improves his completion percentage from 61 to 65. He runs for 1,000 yards. Miles Sanders stays healthy. You know, he runs for 1,000 yards. Devontae Smith takes off. He he gets over 1,000 yards receiving. Dallas Goddard's a top tight end, you know. Nick Sirianni raves about Quez Watkins as, as a number two receiver. They add a veteran, maybe like Zach Pascal in the slot, and he has a good year. I mean, all of a sudden, you've got a really good offensive team. I mean, we know the offensive line is going to be one of the best in the NFL. So, I mean, it's all possible that, you know, they use this year to add some, some pieces to kind of build the team around Hurts, and that makes him better and then you know you make the decision i think he's still 2023 he's still on his rookie contract as well so you technically have even another year before you have to pay him and then you know you you obviously have enough ammunition at that point to make that kind of decision i mean if he bombs and and the eagles stink this year well then you know your answer you need a quarterback
3: yeah so let me l- martin let me let me hold you down a little bit you and john Here. both but you first if there are three potential outcomes of Jalen Hurts's upcoming season, and the three are, yes, he stays right where he is, which, as John noted, if you got to quantify it, they had him, Pro Football Focus had him the 17th-rated quarterback in the NFL out of 32 teams. So he's right at the top of the second half of the NFL. If he stays exactly right there or he falls off, he goes backwards – He's the 22nd ranked quarterback and he actually produces less and you could judge him to be a lesser quarterback than he was this year, or he steps up and he jumps into the top half. All right. Not top 10, but he's, he's 13 or 14 rather than 17. If he's going to fall into one of those three categories, break them down percentage for me, a hundred percent. Give me the percentage chance. He falls into each category. Goes backwards, gets worse, stays exactly the same, actually improves, and nobody's gonna bat an eye when you got him give him 30 million dollars on an extension. Give me the percentages of those three categories.
8: Okay. Um I think sixty percent he improves. Um, and when I say <clears throat> improves, I'm not ta- like you said, I'm not talking about a top 10 quarterback. I'm talking like the 10 to 15 range, definitely like top half. I say that's 60 percent. I'd say about 30% that he stays the same, and I'd say about 10% that he gets worse. I mean, the one thing we know about Jalen Hurts is he's going to work his butt off. I mean, you know, there's no dog in him at all. He's not going to say, I want more control of the offense. I'm going to change the plays of line of scrimmage like, you know, somebody else we all know well. So – (laughs) <laughs> I don't think any of that is going to be an issue with Jalen Hurts. I mean, people love him because of his work ethic. He'll stay after practice. He'll throw with Devonte Smith. He'll throw with Greg Ward. He'll throw with anybody. He'll throw with me if, if I want to catch some more passes and stuff. You know, that's the kind of guy he is, and I think they like him for that. And I think that's why they're so high on the, on the possibility that he's going to be you know, a top half quarterback this, this coming season. And, you know, and if all that plays out, then yeah, I mean, you got to give him that $30 million contract because that's the going rate. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo makes, you know, 27 million, I think. And, you know, people are like, you know, nobody knows if he's coming back to San Francisco or not. I mean, chances are he's not because they have Trey Lance and stuff, but, you know, I mean, would you rather have Jalen Hurts or would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, despite, Garoppolo's one loss record and everything like that. I mean, as a quarterback to grow with, I mean, I think you'd much rather have a guy like Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh,
1: Jimmy's a tough one because he wins games, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts. I'm with you. Uh, Martin Frank, follow him on Twitter uh, at mfrank NFL, DelawareOnline.com. You can read him there. Um, Get to the important stuff here. Uh, (laughs) Bones Highland, Bury the Sixers uh, the other night, uh, Delaware native, and and then you know there's something big happening with the Lady Blue Hens uh, this weekend. Uh, bigger thing in Delaware, Bones Highlands or the Lady? Are they still the Lady Blue Hens? Do we still do that? No, or no. is that sort of? Hens. Yeah, is that? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm I, I dating myself. I'm aging myself. Uh, bigger thing in the
8: state of Delaware. Well, I mean, and then you got you got the big border war between the Delaware men and Villanova, too, oh. on uh, Friday in Pittsburgh. So Friday afternoon, you got the Delaware men playing Villanova in Pittsburgh, and then right after that, basically, like, at 5 o'clock, the women are playing Maryland in the first round of the uh, women's NCAA tournament. I mean, huge, huge stories. I mean, you know, what if they both come out with upset wins and everything like that? <laughs> <laughs> but, blue hands done. going to the Sorry. final four. See, I, I told you he
3: was a true Delawarean. He not was perfectly source... honest. Delaware's a source told me that the, that
1: the Blue Hens had a happening. chance to
8: go to the final four. A source yeah, told me that. Uh, Yeah, guess what not. But, uh, you know, and then you mentioned Bones Highland. I mean, you know, he pretty much He's beat the player, six, man. Four three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, everyone's talking about Joel Embiid and Nikola jokic you know the big mvp matchup and bones stole the show he had like 600 yeah, yeah. 700 people there the firefighters who saved his life were there it was it was a pretty awesome wow scene. he had that many people there wow he had he had 600 people there oh yeah That's oh yeah. yeah yeah like uh kids he grew up with uh wow. teachers i interviewed a couple of teachers who were there who taught him in elementary school you know a coach from sixth and seventh grade um, family, uh, yeah, there, there were a lot of people after the game just like cheering them on and stuff like that. It, it was pretty, it was a pretty cool experience.
3: You could actually hear it on the broadcast. I watch at home and I'm going, Whoa, whoa, whoa. was that a sixer basket or was that a nugget basket? Wow. The cheers yeah. We're raining down for bones. All right, uh, yeah. one more for me, uh, Martin. Somewhere Jimmy Kemsky weeps, and I'll explain what I mean by that. <laughs> Uh, We were chastised, or at least I was uh, kind of needling Howie Roseman because he hasn't been able to finagle at the Sean Watson meeting just yet. Maybe we should even be more harsh with the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles because he got zero compensatory picks this year. (laughs) How can Howie, Mr. Draft himself, Mr. Assets himself, come away with no compensatory picks? And that's what I mean by Jimmy Kempsky week, because nobody makes a big yeah. deal out of Eagles. And I defense. blame he Jimmy for this, by all the way. oh this could add to, this could subtract from, well, here's what we got this year. A plus minus zero, no compensatory picks for the Philadelphia Eagles. How much do we take Howie out to the woodshed for not being able <laughs> to land himself a compensatory pick?
8: Well, the part about getting a compensatory pick is you have to lose a player. Yes, who's good. you got to lose players as well. People don't. You get know, this. like are people like you know? You look at this year. Like are people like banging down the doors for Steven Nelson or yeah? You know, for um, yeah. I don't know Alex Sing. Well, I guess Alex Sington wouldn't count, but you he know somebody count. like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, are people going to bang down the door for Rodney McLeod. So like, even if those guys leave. You know, and the Eagles already signed Hassan Reddick, so they're already at a net gain, so they're not probably not going to get one. In. um, yeah, you know, that's the way it is. Year, if you I have money know. to spend, you can sign free agents. and you mean,
3: Derek Boynett's not going to sign for 14 million dollars with some other team.
8: <laughs> well, he might actually. I mean, I wouldn't rule that out with the, oh, I would, was yeah, torn out. No, I, but,
1: think, um, I think nine, about nine a year. But it's going to be significant. It's going to be Yeah, I
8: mean, he's not going to take much of a pay cut from $10 million that he made last yeah. year, that's for sure. So, yeah. I mean, even if Barnett signs or whatever, I mean, you're still at a net game because you got Hassan Redick. So, yeah, um, I don't think they're going to be getting a compensatory pick next year either. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's on Howie.
3: That's, that's all Howie. Yeah. He's it's supposed to be a- the generator of – guys to come in here and then be better no. when they leave See, so they i always joke compensatory picks
1: i always joke with jimmy i go because nobody knows compensatory picks better than jimmy but he has <laughs> created this maddening like people don't understand how it works so they're immediately no, and know oh,
3: by the way i don't think teams in the nfl understand how it oh, works. they know
1: they know how it yeah. works
3: so when the you're more, uh, more difficult algorithm than the one here on uh, youtube that so, we have to contri- try and well, continue to try and i'll drive. explain
1: it to you and really shortly after we we martin's probably like trying to get the hell out of here <laughs> um, yeah people you probably get this too real quick martin do people immediately contact you if the eagles lose a player like Derek Barnett? did they say yeah you yeah. get a
8: contact for that uh, yeah, you yeah. Get that but, I mean, you also, together. like, if you have money to spend and you're signing free agents, I mean, that's a good thing. You want that. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, so you're not going to get exactly. a comp pick for that. Yeah. Like, the Jacksonville Jaguars don't get comp picks because they're always, like, signing guys. I mean, they yeah. have money to burn and everything like exactly. that. So, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's a good situation to have when you're, you know, when you're up against the cap and you're trying to cut salary and, you know, you get an extra draft pick and that helps you. But, you know, if you have money to spend, you have money to spend and you want to spend it. So you're not going to get a comp pick. Yeah.
3: More more is made of it than needs to be. I would try to poke a little fun in case no one was picking up on uh, what I was attempting to do there. I never poke fun at Martin Frank. John McMullen. Yeah. Call I oh, yeah. 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 I got a I would fun. not do that to yeah. you, Martin. I was never. harsh. Never, buddy. I was we... harsh. We always appreciate when you come on. We'll get you back in a couple of weeks. Uh, Thanks, bud.
0: Thanks,
8: Mark. Always a pleasure. Take it easy.
3: Martin Frank uh, may live in the state of Pennsylvania, but does his work for Delaware. And he is that good and that cool that he can qualify for two states.
1: Uh, There aren't too many people out there that can do that. I I joke that uh, Martin is number two in Delaware. And I always joke to Joe Biden. It goes Joe Biden and Martin Frank. And yeah, you got to give Biden—he keeps going back. Uh, You thought maybe he would clip those Delaware
3: roots when he became president. No, he's always going back to Delaware. So yeah, you got to give Biden credit on staying uh, connected to the first state. Well, but I think—I think it's actually a debate as to whether Martin Frank or Joe Biden is the. I take Martin
1: first. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so
3: would I. Sorry, sorry about that. I can get a free
1: Amtrak pass. I don't know if that's involved. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, two non Delawareans Jordy McDonald and uh, John McMullen although I love Delaware Park maybe I'll go down this afternoon They're just simulcasting no live racing so never mind uh, we've still got <laughs> another hour live of birds 365 coming your way with another Delawarean yes our buddy D Gunn is going to jump aboard keep it here on birds 365
4: go for the midnight dares go for the memories go for the view It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him, go for her, go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
5: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
2: Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
5: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call
6: 215-458-2222.
7: Field of Life, First Trust Bank is there for you,
6: Seven, four, three. One, two, three. because
7: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
3: You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Burge 365. Thank you very much for tuning in and Johnny Mac. What do we want to tell the fine folks who are streaming right in in right now to Bird365? You
1: got to like, share, and subscribe uh, to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. So you have more of this good product but making bad jokes. I feel bad now. Uh,
3: It may be the only um, algorithm that's more difficult than figuring out the compensatory.
1: Yeah, uh, Can I do that real quick for the people out there? You can go ahead and try It's it's really pretty simple. First of all, there's only 32 compensatory picks. Now, and and now the NFL's further clouded that because they've added compensatory picks. I
9: thought it was. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
1: I thought it was easy. What do you mean clouded? Well, no, the, the, the formula for the play, I'm saying they've added compensatory picks for uh, minority hirings of GMs and, and um, coaches. So there's typically, for players, there's 32 of them. So that's the first thing you have to understand. Uh, so it cuts off, you know. Even if you have a, a, a player... You have to have a net loss in free agency. So, in other words, if you sign three, you got to lose four, and it goes by contract level. So, the higher paid guys, um, the first compensatory pick, the second compensatory, and then when you get down to 32, you might be in line for a compensatory pick, but the contract's a little bit lower, and then you're SOL, as they say. So the most important part, Jody, that fans need to understand, you need to have a net loss in pre-agency to even be in the mix to get a comp pick. In other words, like I said, so when if Derek Barnett signs somewhere and gets a decent deal, don't ask, are they going to get a compensatory pick? We don't know. We aren't going to know until the end of pre-agency and we know if they have a net gain, or net loss, and then potentially they could have a compensatory pick. Now, when you say net gain or net loss, are we talking about number of players? Or are we
3: talking about money spent on salaries?
1: Both. Number of players, most, and and then it cuts sort of like you have ranges. If you have a, like the Eagles signed Hassan Reddick. If Derek Barnett's in a, a similar uh stratosphere which he won't be that high but if he gets to say nine ten million he'll be a little bit less those two might uh knock out each other so to speak right so well, how, do,
3: how do you determine um what is a comparable comparable
1: um well that part's in? a little bit that part's a little bit that formula is the difficult that's
3: part. what i was getting at
1: nobody but can get figure it. out that formula I get, I get, look, I don't expect fans to get that formula. I expect fans to get the easy stuff. Oh, yeah, the easy okay. stuff is when somebody signs, don't ask, are they getting a compensatory pick? Nobody knows at that right. point because you got to wait for the net loss. Then you can get into the difficult parts of it. Now there's guys who projected Jimmy's very good at it. Uh, there's somebody else that, I think his name is Nick Kortz or corte uh, who's very good at it. And they keep in tune with the entire league and they do it as it's going on. Uh, and they project it um, and, and, and that's fine, but it's, it's always fluid. Now you, you were mentioning from Howie Roseman's standpoint, look, how he knows going into the process each year, I have no money. I'm pro-, so compensator. or, potential compensatory picks are more valuable to him at that point and he's very cognizant of it what he knows in a year like this he's not getting any he's not getting one anyway it's not that big of a deal well, I, I
3: was just saying that to understand the formula that you have to use to exactly know whether you are losing or not losing or you're getting a match or not is actually pretty darn difficult to understand. And I give a guy like Kemsky uh, a lot of credit for understanding it, but then you're right. He sucks Eagle fans into uh, evaluating every move that's made and what kind of effect it will have on the competitor. What team has won a Super Bowl because they they so well use their compensatory picks? I don't think there's Well, any.
1: the irony is, you know, it, you know most fans want, you know, obviously their team to sign players. Sign this guy. Sign right. this guy. Sign, which which earns. Yes. Which means you're not getting compensatory picks. Uh, so that's the irony of it all. But um, Martin's also right when he says, look, Jacksonville, I don't think Jacksonville has ever gotten a compensatory pick. Not once in their entire – because all they're doing is they're bad every year with the exception of the one year with Doug Moran. And they're always – signed. they always have a lot of money. They're always signing people. They never get comp picks. Top of the show, we did kind of get off on a Greg Ward tangent because I was
3: a little surprised that the Eagles brought him back. I thought that uh, Greg Ward's days as an Eagle receiver were numbered. Um, But the two other moves we haven't even uh, touched on yet, um the eagles did as you correctly predicted no this did as well but you were right john when you said you thought that they would give the the uh, tender to nate herbig 2.4 million dollars which means now any other team could jump in and and make a bid on him but the eagles would have the right to match so i think you did this to uh martin frank i'm gonna turn around it to you uh you put on your howie roseman cap mcmullen another team offers nate herbig a two-year contract, $6 million total, which is more than the 2.5 the Eagles are willing to pay this year, and $3 million of it guaranteed. So if uh, you find out, uh-oh, he isn't near as good as it, you can't just cut him. You can, but you'd have to take a $3 million dead cap hit. If a team were to put that type of an offer out there to Nate Herbig eagles say no he's ours thank you very much for setting the parameters of his deal we'll be matching it or do they say good luck big nate
1: that's a good number jody uh i'm gonna give you credit for i would match that offer um if i were howie roseman now if you get the four million maybe even three and a half million then i start to seriously think about it because look the eagles know they've had so many injuries on the offensive line over the past really two seasons. Um, how important it is to have depth at that particular position. But on the other hand, I mean, like people forget Isaac Sayamala is coming back. Um, um, you know, you have Landon Dickerson who's entrenched, Jason Kelsey's now back. Um, Jack Driscoll is going to be back, and he's had some injury issues. I mean, it's unlikely – you still have Suo petted the Tesla stock. It's unlikely that Nate Herbig is going to play a lot this right. upcoming season. Um, on the other hand, it was unlikely he was going to play a lot last season, and he did. And it was even more unlikely he's going to play a lot the season before, and he played a lot. Um, so it, it would be a difficult decision – I think your number, I think I'd match. Um, I'd feel comfortable with, and part of that is because, you know, Jason might retire next year, and then yet then Nate's more in the mix as a guy uh, with interior versatility, um, both as a starter guard and a backup at center. He wouldn't be a starting center. I don't want to go down that route, but. Um, so I think the uncertainty surrounding Jason Kelsey, the year-to-year nature of him at this point, uh, creates a little bit more of a need to keep him. So I think the Eagles would do that. But if you start inching up, there's so much need. Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor, Jody. You see the number he got? Yeah. I, I You know, Nate Herbig's a better player than Matt Pryor. Now, Matt can play outside, so obviously tackles. Get a little bit more money than interior players. But if somebody's out there and somebody's desperate and they say, Oh, Nate Herbert, he's played pretty well, it could be tough. It could, it's one of those rare, usually when you tender a restricted free agent, you just turn out the light, go to bed, sleep soundly. You're not worried about anybody coming swooping in. It's a little bit of a concern with Nate Herbert because he's played so much, and people will recognize it. That's why I
3: asked you the hypothetical question I did to kind of put you on the spot there. And uh, I'll readily admit this. This bothers me, and I should just accept it as the group think that is now the National Football League. Um, John, who had a larger influence or rank these three guys for me? Who had an influence on the Eagles winning and or losing games. Just they 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 contributed more to winning and or losing this past season for the Eagles. Nate Herbig, Boston Scott, Alex Singleton. Put them in an order for me.
1: <clears throat> um Alex Singleton one, um Nate Herbig two, Boston Scott three.
3: Yeah, see, I got Boston Scott ahead of Nate
1: um, um Boston didn't play a lot. I don't think people realize, um, you know, Boston is sort of that sneaky guy. I always use the, <laughs> I like the Sugar Ray Leonard analogy when you, you know, in boxing, you Sugar Ray sort of created that flurry at the end of the round and you steal the round, and that's all the judges remember. Uh, when Boston gets in there, he makes splash plays, and that's all the judges remember. But he doesn't play like He's not – I, I mean, those guys were out on the field for significant, significant periods. And even when Boston does play, and some of the injuries piled up with Miles and Jordan Howard, um, and he did play more significantly, it was for a short period of time, but when he's out there, he makes splash plays, and I think he's Sugar Ray really Leonard's people. That's, that's my comparison there. Those guys were significant. Uh, Alex, uh, you know, leading tackler on the team. Uh, Nate Herbig, because of all the injuries, essentially a starter at the end of the season. Uh, full-time players, I guess, would be why I'm leaning it more in their direction. Yeah, maybe I'm a sucker for splash plays,
3: but last time I checked the way that they're still evaluating who wins and loses in the National Football League is who scores the most points. Uh, and uh, Well, it's hard got- to make
1: an offensive lineman to make a splash play. I mean, you can Quentin Nelson somebody, and occasionally it'll go viral, a giant pancake black. short Jordan lot. I shouldn't even went. I should have kept it local. Right, uh, uh, can
3: can you please give me the uh, website where I can go and watch the Quentin Nelson or Jordan Mailata like Nate? Herbig well, that's play? what I'm saying. I, I'd I like mean, to know where I can find that.
1: Well, you can you can find it. Offensive line people they love Quentin Nelson. It's like no, no. I'm talking porn. about the Nate Herbig plays. Oh, no. Oh, well, that's my point. I mean, I'm not comparing. I'm not saying Nate Herbig's the best guard in football or one of the best, uh, you know, I'm not comparing him as a player. I'm saying in nature, offensive linemen don't make splash plays except for the occasional pancake block of Quentin Nelson or Jordan Myline. It's kind of hard for them to make Trent Williams would be in that category as well. It's kind of hard for them to make offensive linemen to make splash plays. But guess what, Jody? They're stinking important. Boston Scott will tell you how important they are because if they're not blocking, if they're not pinning somebody, if they're not pinning and pulling correctly, I, yeah, so, I mean, the Eagles believe in building up front, spending money, as Martin said, offensive, defensive line. It, yeah, I mean, it's not going to show up. It's not going to be splashy, but it's important. Your question to me was who was more important to winning Yes. I think those guys are more important to winning than scoring, Boston Scoring Scott. touchdowns, very important to winning. Oh, and Boston, how do you score Scott, touchdowns?
3: Come Boston come Scott scored seven of them. How do you seven.
1: Score, if you don't have blocking as a running back, how do you score touchdowns? I, I Jordan Howard scored touchdowns. Miles Sanders didn't. That weird dichotomy. I mean, I mean, you know, if they take him out, he's not a goal line player, which – you know, is more of an indictment of Miles Sanders than um, anything about Jordan Howard or Boston Scott. Somebody's got to score the touchdowns. I mean, I, I will suggest
3: that he was following other guys on the offensive line much more so than Nate Herbig. Do well, me that a favor. part's
1: fair. Do, that's part fair. Do
3: me a favor, Mr. Pro Football Focus. Where does Nate Herbig rank?
1: Oh, Nate Herbig ranks very well, but I'll look it up.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, that's
1: one of the reasons why. I I'm, I'm not overly concerned, but I think somebody, you know, might wake up and say, let's push the Eagles and see if we can sign an offer sheet there uh, and try to get a guy who's, you know, remember he's not going to be a starter here because the Eagles do have such impressive depth Um, and and they might take a, 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 a a flyer on him." But I'll look real quick, 30. Nate Herbig was 30 uh, at the offensive guards in the NFL. So you think about it, there's 32 teams, Jody, um, 64 starting guards. Um, Nate Herbig was number 30. And by the way, 30 of 82. In 2020, which I've said this before on the show, 13, number 13 of 80 in the NFL. Neither Last Herb.
3: year, or the 2020 season, Herbick yeah. was 13th? Yeah. So he went backwards badly this year is what you're telling me.
1: He went backwards, uh, and he's not – but 30 is not bad. 30 right. is – 30
3: is not bad out of 80. I'll give you that, but uh, a guy who's going in the wrong direction. I I just think they undersold Boston Scott. Uh, is, is Jordan Howard retired?
1: If he but, does, it'll be late in the process. Uh, as
3: agreed – uh, so the Eagles have how many backs under contract right now?
1: Uh yeah, but here's the deal Jerry. Here's the deal. The tender is 2. Point, uh 2.433 million. Okay. There are and I'm going to I'm going to do it real quick. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11, 11, 11, 12, 12, 12, 13, 30 running backs in the NFL that make more than $2.433 million. I It's more about the position than anything else. You're not going to pay a third-string running back. There's 32 teams, 32 starting running backs. You're not going to pay a third-string running back. That's not Howie Roseman. That's not Jake Rosenberg. That's where the analytics of the salary cap come into play. They don't have to pay Boston's got to. It's not an indication that they don't want him. In fact, I do think they want him back. I think he's another guy. They they like him as a player, uh, but they regard him as their third-string running back, a very good third-string running back. But they're not going to pay $2.433 million for a third-string running back. That's just – that's what Boston Scott is about. Fair enough. I will
3: suggest that they should – And I would not be surprised if Boston Scott, when he gets to full free agency, which he will as of today, because the Eagles chose not to tender him, gets that kind of offer on the open market, even at a depressed position like running back. The salaries just continue to come back and back and back and are less and less and less at running back. Uh, I still think that somebody's going to see the value of Boston Scott at his age and his production. And, yes, when I say production, it's more of an average than it is a total uh, comp because, yes, the Eagles chose not to use him because Jordan Howard kind of came out of nowhere and had as good a season as he did. Um, I think they could have been just as effective using Boston Scott. I think somebody's going to make a play for him. I think he's one of those free agents. And the only upside will be Jimmy Kemsky. This one's for you, buddy. Eagles losing a free agent. Next year's compensatory draft may actually be improved because they lose Boston Scott and he goes somewhere else and joins another team. I just believe that Alex Singleton and Boston Scott, it came down to three guys. They uh, had three guys that they could uh, legitimately throw a tender on uh, Singleton, Scott and Herbeg, and they decided to put it on Herbeg. I think that's just purely because of the way the national football evaluates positions not the individual players. I think Nate Herberg's a guy. He may be a big guy, but I think he's a guy. Boston and Scott actually has a nose for the end zone, and Alex Singleton actually does have the ability to get 100 tackles. I think the other two have actually produced. I know it's so hard to, to evaluate uh, offensive linemen unless you're looking at coaching tape and the like, and you lean on pro football focus, which they've got him as a pretty good uh, ranking I was just surprised that the one guy they decided to tender was a guy who I would rank third as having an impact on whether the Eagles did or didn't win games this year.
1: Well, right. that's that's the number, real quick. I know we got Derek on. If he gets more than two point four three three million, and by the way, four o'clock, they still might sign Boston Scott before four o'clock. We still got time. True. Well, we'll put that one to our
3: next guest, see how big a Boston Scott fan he is. Uh, I am. uh, Raise my hand. uh, We'll see if uh, the gun is well. Derek Gunn, our very own from the Jacob Media YouTube channel, is going to join us next here on Birds 365.
4: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink.
5: Holy
1: shit.
2: And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
5: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say,
6: we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
7: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven,
6: four, One, two, three, because
7: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
3: He Is John McMullen? I am Jody McDonald. We are the Mac Mac guys. We are just some of the water carriers here on the Jacob Media (laughs) YouTube channel. Not as big as our next guest, though. Uh, You know, forever from MBT Sportsville. And Al he has been a key contributor here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel the last year and change. That gun on one podcast is also pretty damn good. Uh, Derek Gunn joins us here on Birds 365. How are you, D-Gunn?
2: Hey, guys. Good. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing well. Good to see you, D-Gunn. Likewise. Uh uh let's start with the uh headline i think a lot of people have talked about deshaun watson and and now that things have cleared up from a criminal perspective in his Mm -hmm. life um boy uh, the interest has exploded i think a lot of people were wondering derek how many teams would line up well everybody's lining up i joke the calgary stampeders are lining up the birmingham (laughs) stallions maybe the Philadelphia Stars, and they're giving out meetings left and right, but the Eagles can't seem to get a meeting with Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. Have the Eagles just said, all right, he doesn't want to play here, um, or are they lurking behind the scenes? What What is your field on this, Derek?
2: Uh, from everything I've gathered, they're still lurking behind the scenes. Uh, basically, I guess Deshaun has not waived. Uh, coming to Philadelphia yet. But the uh, Eagles have spent the offseason doing their due diligence on Deshaun Watson. Uh, They even sent people down to Houston a few weeks ago to further check up on him, find out information about him. They came away with, hey, he's a great guy, Um, you know, and, you know, now they're sitting back like a lot of teams are and waiting to see what happens. But, obviously, from everything that we've gathered nationally, Deshaun has already waived. Uh, his ability uh, on teams uh, where he would like to go, where he would not want to go. I guess he's already met with the Saints. Uh, You know, he's meeting with the Carolina Panthers. Now Cleveland has jumped in the mix all of a sudden. Um, And I have not gotten confirmation that he has agreed to even talk to Philadelphia. That's not to say Philadelphia is out of the running right now. Um, But, you know, I think they're not one of the front runners in this game as we sit here this moment.
3: All right. And that's what I've been getting annoyed at the last couple of days here on the show, D Um, Gunn. If he wants to go to the Saints because he's a Georgia guy and he likes the South better and it's not that bad a ride from Atlanta to North, okay, fine for the geographical thing. If Carolina is where he went to school, so the Panthers would hold some kind of uh, grip, okay, I get that. What makes Cleveland better than Philadelphia? and he's going to sit down with Cleveland, why the hell can't he sit down with Philadelphia?
2: Exactly. When I heard that, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, Odell Beckham's gone. Jarvis Landry is gone. So 2 frontline wide receivers are no longer in the mix there. So uh, what is the appeal for him to go to Cleveland? I have no idea at this point. Um, And and so the only people that really know that are his agent and himself. Um, I don't know what connections he would have with the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, and it's I've been to Cleveland a number of times. Certainly Cleveland is not more appealing than the city of Philadelphia in this region in general. Um, obviously when it comes to a winning tradition, a rabid fan base, a knowledgeable fan base, a passionate fan base, Cleveland is not going out to outdo Philadelphia in that arena as well. So for the life of me, I can't understand why he would agree to meet with the Cleveland Browns, um, a team that has historically had over 30 quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks since 1999. Um, And it looks like, you know, from what we're hearing, you know, Baker Mayfield sent out a a heartfelt thank you to the Cleveland Brown fan base yesterday talking about, you know, he doesn't know what the future holds for him. He he can only control one facet of his life. So I don't know if they've already given him indication that, hey, here's what we're doing. We're looking at somebody else. But I thought that was a little unusual for Baker to send that out at this particular time when just a, a month ago, the front office said we fully intend for Baker Mayfield to come back here and be our starting quarterback in 2022. But as we all know, front offices, they're all cloak and dagger. They never tell you the full truth yeah. about anything mm-hmm. they're going to do anyway. Cleveland did bring in Amari Cooper, yeah. I will say that. And maybe True.
1: there's some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tickets, maybe maybe a free sure. pass there. That's about uh, <laughs> the only. But two things stood out to me there, uh, D-Gunn, when you were saying that. One was rabbit fan base in Philadelphia. Right. And you're right, it's more rabbit. Maybe could that be a problem?
3: Don't, don't and, pretty good though. Don't don't, yeah. don't dismiss the Cleveland True. faithful. They no, 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 no,
2: coaches. no, no, no. is a very good fan base. So yeah. I'm not dismissing them one Iota. You know, that could that could be a problem also. Um, you go back to the 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 Michael Vick era, and there was a good contingent of fans um who did not want Michael Vick to come to Philadelphia. Uh, because of his uh, past dealings and doings. Um, but once Michael Vick got here and started winning games and playing like the electric Michael Vick that we knew he could play, all of a sudden, a number of those fans um, uh, turned and became you know, fans of his. And I understand why a, a portion of the fan base here would not want Deshaun Watson here. And if you look at social media closely, over the past week or so, you've seen a no- number of people talking about how they'd rather not have Deshaun Watson come here uh, because of, um, you know, what he's going through right now. Um, and even though the you know the jury down uh, – a judge down in Houston um, uh, decided not to pursue further law uh, – a, su- a further lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, you know, th- there's some people that, that feel he's still going to be suspended. And to what degree? How many games would he sit out? Would it be two? Would it be four, six, eight? We don't know yet because the league is not giving us any indication whatsoever what the penalty may be. Um, And so a lot of teams would have to take that into consideration that we give up high draft picks for Deshaun Watson. He's out the first six or eight games and we start out like two and six or one and seven. And basically your season's over. your fans are not going to be happy about that. Even whenever he comes back, because you know, the playoffs are a far-fetched notion at that point. Um, So, you know, he's a, he's a great player. There's no question about that. Um, can change the complexion of a game at any given moment. Uh, but but again, I, I don't know why he's still stonewalling Philadelphia at this time, but is embracing Cleveland. I don't care if Amari Cooper is there or not. You know, what if the Cleveland Browns won any more than the Philadelphia Eagles historically in the last decade or so? You know, um, so I, I just don't understand that, you know. And again, I go back to what I had said earlier. I don't know what his connection might be there with the Cleveland Browns, but obviously it's something that – um that, that seems to um, uh, pique his interest more so than coming here right now.
1: Well, you, it, the second part, uh, Derek, that you brought up that kind of rung true was your, your thoughts on Baker Mayfield. The Eagles have a unique luxury in this, in the fact that, and I'll also give a lot of credit to Nick Saban because Miami went through this with Tua, who right. seemed to handle it very well. From a mental standpoint, whereas Cleveland goes and talks about a meeting and Baker's saying his goodbyes, like you don't want to be part of it anymore. How big is that luxury to know Jalen Hurts is not going to be a shrinking violet? We said lurking in the background. If the Eagles don't get this done, they can be comfortable understanding that Jalen Hurts is mentally tough enough to just shrug it off and, and move forward. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, you look at everything Jalen has gone through. You look at how many uh, different teams he's played for. Look at how many offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches he's played for. You know, he's talked openly about his, his coach. dad was his worst critic or worst critic times. Uh, Jalen uh, can handle any and everything. I think that was proven last year with all the rumors out there about the Eagles possibly bringing in a quarterback. And then they finally bring in a Gardner men's shoe and he never buckled. He went about his business. I think he has the consummate poker face and the poker demeanor uh, to handle any and every situation. And, you know, I said it on uh, a, number, a number of platforms in the last half of 2021 and this offseason that I fully expected, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, to beat the Eagles starting quarterback in 2022. And you know, all the rumors out about the possibility of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, that we knew. I mean, let's be real about this. We knew Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers were not coming to Philadelphia. Based on what we saw from the Eagles in 2021, a team. Yes, they got to the playoffs, you know, but then again, they got exposed in the playoffs. You know, we talked about this. We saw an Eagles team that compiled wins against inferior opponents, and then when they got to the playoffs, they got smashed by an elite team. You know, and so the Eagles still have some growth. But there's nothing wrong with that because the, the experience those young guys got from the playoff experience is invaluable for their in, development in the future. And, you know, now this offseason, Howie Roseman will continue in free agency and the draft to add to that nucleus to make it stronger and that much better. But, but a Jalen Hurts, you know, he's not going to flinch. He is who he is. He understands the nature of the business, and he's going to go about his business. If the job is his, so be it. If, if somebody comes in here and beats him out, which I don't think is going to happen, in 2022, then he'll handle it like a professional and move on. All
3: uh D-Gun, J-Mac and I were talking about this right before you came on. Um, if Boston Scott ends up elsewhere, which unfortunately, I think if they don't put the tender out there, if I were Boston Scott, I'd be a little ticked off uh, and I'd be looking to take my wares elsewhere. If the Eagles make the best offer, then they'll be back here, but we don't know that that's yeah. the case. Will right. the Eagle fans in season be saying, damn, we could use Boston Scott down by the goal line? Seven touchdowns last year for Boston Scott only guy in on the team who had more touchdowns at him was the quarterback Jalen hurts or will people be going Boston who? Cause the mm-hmm. Eagles will just fill the void and get another running back and move on from Boston Scott and he'll long be since forgotten. Which do you think is more likely?
2: Well, right now we're looking at Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell on the roster. And he, and, he, and neither one of those guys are what you would consider your plow horse to get those tough two and three yards. So I fully expect Howie Roseman to either find himself a mid-level veteran uh, during free agency. He's not going to pay top dollars for another running back to come in here to find a lower, lower level or mid-level veteran to come in here, or he's going to draft another running back. And I would assume he's going to try to draft a bigger running back uh, to fit that bill you know to answer your question directly that remains to be seen until we get closer to the regular season and find out exactly what the eagles have in their arsenal in terms of uh, running back stable you know whether it's an unproven commodity by way of the draft or if they go out and find a younger version of you know jordan howard or they might even bring jordan howard back again who knows you know so i, I you know i can't thoroughly answer that question at this stage as we sit here march 16th Because there's still a lot of wheeling and dealing, as we've seen, before free agency officially began. Look at all the moves that have been made already out there. You know, so, you know, now the free agency is in full swing. You know, uh, Howie Roseman knows what he needs. The team as a whole know what they need to fill. And, you know, and I've said it time and time again, I've always thought Howie Roseman did a better job of bringing in free agencies a more consistent, better job of bringing in free agencies more so than drafting, although his draft in 2021 was a pretty good draft. But, you know, Howie Roseman knows how to plug and play when it comes to bringing in veterans. So, again, I fully expect him to to bring in a a veteran running back in here. Uh, Hopefully it's somebody similar to a Jordan Howard, and he may even, you know, pull the trigger and draft one in the middle rounds uh, come late April.
1: Uh, Deacon you mentioned it's March 16th but you know how people are uh, yeah. We have free yeah. agency doesn't even start till four o'clock today but uh, the names are out there uh, the Eagles made somewhat of a splash on the edge with bringing Hassan reddick back home uh, South Jersey Kid temple product um, all good vibes there right no safety they're coming off the board. <clears throat> Uh, left and right, uh, the big names, uh, no wide receiver. The Eagles tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. A little bit of a surprise they haven't made, attempted to make more of a splash at at those two particular positions.
2: Well, I tweeted the other day that once they got Hassan Riddick, don't be surprised if a wide receiver is their next priority. And all of a sudden, as we've seen, some of the wide receivers I thought they would go after have already come off the board. And to me, that tells me that they basically were outbid. You know, what are the Eagles willing to pay for a wide receiver compared to what some of these other teams that had a lot more cap space are willing to pay? You Chris know, and Kirk, they, yeah, yeah, you know, so, um, I mean, would you pay Christian Kirk that kind of money that, that no. you know, I mean, he's a good receiver, but I don't consider him a so-called elite receiver, but he got elite receiver money. You know, Eagles are not going to pay that. How How is too wise for that? The Eagles have too many needs across the board. You know, to put that kind of money into one wide receiver, I do think they need a veteran wide receiver. I don't want to see how you use another high draft pick to draft a wide receiver. And there's still a few names out there that could possibly come in and fit the bill. Uh, But right now, it it hasn't happened. But the Eagles are looking at the wide receiver board in terms of free agency. That I can tell you. They are looking at the wide receiver board, and I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a veteran wide receiver to try to complement, you know, uh, Devontae Smith.
3: But is anybody going to be wowed by anybody that's left at this stage? No. Other than Allen Robinson? He's the one guy who would probably get some wows because he's been as good as he has, but is also going to be pretty damn costly. Are people going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the guy we're bringing in as our veteran wide receiver? No, you're you're right.
2: No, you're right. You know, a lot of people are going to go, huh? You know, and I understand why, you know, Eagles fans, they want to see the product improve. And we all know the Eagles need another wide receiver, a proven wide receiver um, out there. And the fact that, I mean, let's face it, when it comes to free agency, when you look at Howie historically, when Howie has won something bad enough, he has gotten it by way of free agency. Um, And it tells me that the Eagles are bringing um, dollar wise in terms of how they're going to spend their money this offseason as they continue to try to build this thing. And some of the numbers out there that receivers have got, even the middle tier receivers make you go back and say, huh? Are you serious? They got this kind of money? And I'm sure the Eagles organization is thinking the same thing. Um, so it may not be a wild factor in terms of who they bring in, but I fully expect them to bring in a, in, in a wide receiver. And with Allen Robinson still being out there, I think the more teams that that that, that are interested in him, obviously the numbers are going to go up. Um, and the Eagles have to decide, is Allen Robinson that wild factor that could put us over the top in our receiving game? you know he's a he's a great receiver unfortunately he was a stuck in a situation in Chicago where you know the, you know uh, you, you have a quarterback situation that didn't get to fully utilize all of his talents um but if you we've seen him have some games uh upper tier type games that, that let you know that man this kid can play you know if he's given the right quarterback he can play um it comes down to now what the eagles and other organizations want to spend in terms of bringing an Allen Robinson in there all right Mister. Yeah. Philosophical question for you, D gun.
1: Philosophical. Um, okay. It, it, from, from a roster building standpoint, we hear this all the time. You have a short window. If you hit on the quarterback on his rookie deal, right? Uh Jalen Hurts right now is scheduled to make $1.6 million mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. He is your starter. Um, that means you have more financial assets to build other parts of the mm-hmm. roster. We look out to Los Angeles a little bit different because Justin Herbert is a top 10 level pick makes more money, but still cost effective from the quarterback position. You're not paying 35, $40 million. The chargers go out there. They overpay Khalil Mack. They trade for him. They overpay for J. C. Jackson. They're building up around Justin Herbert. The Eagles when they give their boats of confidence to Jalen Hurts, what do they say, <laughs> D-Gun? They say, we got to build up around Jalen Hurts. Isn't this the time to overspend? I get what you're saying about Howie Roseman right. discipline, and you don't want to overpay for Kristen Kirk. I agree with that. But on the other hand, isn't this the time you should be overpaying? You have that short window uh, with a cost-effective quarterback. Your thoughts? Just on the philosophical roster building of that,
2: no, I agree with you. And we've known historically how he has overpaid in some cases for free agents. But in 2022, I'm not, you know, I'm not behind closed doors with him. I don't know what the mindset is. And I know fans are anxious. <clears throat> you see all the bodies that have been moving back and forth so far. I know fans are anxious. You know, I'm sitting there anxiously waiting to find out exactly what this team is going to do next. I agree with you. You know, now's the time. You know the team is the team was a little bit better off than we thought it would be, as we watched them, um, you know, wade through the waters of 2022, uh, 21. We saw them uh, with a little promise, uh, you know, and we still understand they need a safety, they need a cornerback, they need a little bit more depth at the offensive line, uh, they still need a little bit more uh, improvement at the linebacking situation, maybe another edge rusher. You know, we, we fully expect Brandon Graham to come back healthy in 2022, but let's face it. At 33, coming off a, a serious injury like that, as we all know, sometimes you don't regain that burst that you had. You know, when, when you're 25, 26, it takes a little bit longer to heal up, and you want it to what degree? Now, nobody's going to outwork Brandon Graham in terms of getting back to what he hopes will be that, that top notch level, but we don't know. They still need, you know, some help in the edge rush. I like a Josh Sweat, but you can never have enough edge rushers. And because Jonathan Gannon doesn't like to blitz a lot, obviously he's going to have to rely on his four men up front uh, to get home. So I don't know exactly what they're thinking behind closed doors. You know, they got a Hassan Redick in here. That takes care of the, the edge rushing. The man has, what, 23 and a half sacks in the last two seasons? You know, and you can either play him at the Sam or you can play him down, put his hand in the dirt and let him come off the edge there. Uh, but they still need depth um, at, at positions as well. So I I don't know exactly what what the game plan is, what the mindset is for this organization in terms of filling out his roster by way of combination of free agency slash the upcoming draft.
3: Degon, one of the things I Mm. always highly respected about you was your ability to get a feel on the room, that you understood the personas in the Eagle locker room and how they fit and how they affected each other, as well as any other reporter in town. A little bit tough these last few years with COVID keeping all uh, of you guys somewhat restricted, but I always thought you were great at that. Uh, John was talking earlier about uh, Greg Ward coming back. I was kind of surprised that the Eagles did sign him. But John said, no, he's a good guy. They like him in the room. That He's got a good relationship with the other wide receivers. So Greg mm-hmm. Ward's staying. Um, but the uh, 14 other Eagle free agents, none have signed elsewhere, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Jimmy Kempsey again. I keep apologizing, Jimmy Kempsey. The Eagles keep losing out on compensatory picks on any given snapshot moment <laughs> that you look at. No one has signed any Eagle free agent yet. Are there any guys on that free agency list that you go, all right, here's what you're going to have to make up on the field, but off the field? Yeah, that might be a little bit of a hit to the locker room either, uh, as well. Any guys on the Eagles free agent list this year that could be elsewhere? that the Eagles would lose in the locker room with?
2: Well, uh, I I think it depends on what teams are looking for. If you look at the Eagles' list, they're they're not like a a top tier of type free agents. Very true. They're guys who are role fillers. And so those guys are not priorities right now. And I fully believe that the Eagles will get a few of them back. Um, But it's also sit back, wait, and see what offers you get out there. You know what? It's funny you asked me, Jody, uh, that question. And I can't think of one that comes to mind where I just jump up and say, we got to have him back. You know, we got to have this guy back. We got to have that guy back. Right. Like when Malcolm center. left
3: a couple of years ago, everyone Rodney, knew. Rodney from a
2: from a leadership standpoint.
1: right? Yeah, but, but
2: you know what, John? I don't disagree with you. But also, I don't believe, and I hate to say this because I love Rodney McLeod. I don't think he was a player in 2021. No, I agree with that. You know, coming off that knee injury, again, here's a player that's getting a little bit older. I don't think he ever fully recovered from that. So, again, you could get younger and cheaper at the safety spot. You know, I hate to say that. In free agency, when the dust settles after the first few days, you sit back and you wait and see what's still on the board and you can still get a decent safety to come in here. You know, and I'm never going to knock a Rodney McLeod for what he has done as a professional, as a leader in that locker room, um, as as a man of community. He puts his heart and soul into the Philadelphia community. But let's face it, you know, things change. It's a business of change. And, you know, I think we sit here and agree. Rodney McLeod that we saw in 2021 was not the same guy we were accustomed to in 2019, 2020. And it's understandable when you have a significant injury like that. So, you know, I can't even say – that's why I said I left it open, and I'm glad Jody asked that question. And as, as as the name's filtered through my mind, I'm thinking there's not one that comes to mind where I say I have to have, you know, at this particular time. Um, moving in another direction doesn't necessarily mean they're going to automatically be better, but it does help them free up some other money in case they want to do something uh, later in free agency.
1: And just to give Powie some credit, the guys that would have been wanted – he got done early, so Dallas yes, Goddard was absolutely. scheduled to be a free agent. Jordan of Josh right. Sweat, Avante Maddox, so he identified those guys early, got them locked up, right? And yeah, you could look at the Eagles are not going to lose sleep. You know, you'd like to have Rodney back from a leadership perspective, but you're right, the sure. guy. I mean, he's a yeah. descending player um, on the field, so you're not going to lose sleep. So. We got to give Howie credit at uh, certain things, and we'll criticize him where he deserves criticism. One guy, you know, I look at Hassan Reddick, and this is my last one for you, t yeah. Perfect bit for what Jonathan Gannon wants. Uh, Howie says, we're an extension of the coaching staff. Well, he got Jonathan Gannon says he wants the Sam linebacker, edge rusher, pass rusher. He's got it. Right. One guy you talked about a lot last year from his time in Minnesota was Harrison Smith, Harrison mm-hmm. Smith, Harrison Smith, very, very versatile safety plays right. all over the place. Malcolm Jenkins, like up, down, all over. Mm-hmm. There's one guy out there, but he's not a typical Eagle signing because he's a little bit older. He's going to be 30. He's played a lot of football. Tyron Mathau, the Matthew. honey badger. Yep. That's the type of player. Jonathan Gannon wants that would be right. out of character for the Eagles. Would they consider something like that to make the defensive
2: <clears throat> coordinator happy? Absolutely. But it comes down to one thing, the almighty dollar. Yeah. Um, how many other teams are also interested in Tom Matthew compared to what the Eagles are willing to pay. And then you have to look at his, his injury history over the last couple of years, as phenomenal of a talent as he is great ball, Hawk, sure tackler, you know, uh, he's had a number of injuries over the last couple of years. How much are you willing to invest in a guy who may miss three, four, five games, you know, for you? Might not be there at the end when you need him. You don't know. But I think uh, a, a Tyron Matthew would be a significant uh, addition to the back end of that defense, uh, a stabilizing factor, a leader. Um, and, and I think the Eagles. Um, it would be in their best interest to pursue him to the fullest. But at some point, I'm sure they're going to have to pump the brakes and say, okay, this is outlandish. This is not what we want to pay for safety. So we're going to have to rely maybe on the draft to get us our safety, you know, of the future. Or, again, wait until the, the feeding frenzy of free agency settles. Let's see what's on the board, and let's see what we can get in here to hold down the back end of the defense, as well as add our safety of the future who can tutor under a veteran that we bring in here to be this temporary starter. All
3: right. Last one for me, D gun. And again, I've always appreciated the fact that you brought knowledge of guys, not only what they could do on the field, but personality as well. Yeah. This upcoming year, the Philadelphia Eagles twice will face off against
6: Carson, Carson Wentz,
3: Wentz hmm. coming back to the NFC East and the Washington commanders. Should Eagles have healthy respect for what they're going to get from Carson Wentz when they face off against them? Or should they be smiling because Carson has shown his true colors and just state the quarterback he used to be in 2017? So Eagles will be favored in both of those games next year. Which way do you look at it?
2: Um, i tell you what. Um, You know, when the story started coming out about Carson after the 2020 season about not being a – the consummate locker room guy and the leader that you thought it would be, you thought it was because, you know, maybe inner sour grapes and how the relationship had disintegrated between him and Doug Peterson in the front office. And then all of a sudden, uh, just not too long ago, another story surfaces in Indianapolis about Carson Wentz, now a teammate being a me guy instead of a we guy. And you have to say, okay, two different markets in a span of a year. So there has to be some truth to that. So now the Indianapolis Colts, who gave up a first round pick, and Frank Reich, who basically made Carson what he was in 2017, have given up on Carson Wentz and sent him packing again to the Washington Commanders. Now, has Carson learned his lesson? I'm assuming there's a good good deal of truth behind these stories that have come out about him. Uh, Carson is going to have to take a good long look at himself in the mirror and decide what he wants to be as a professional athlete, and as a teammate. Carson Wentz basically cost the Colts a playoff spot um, in 2021 with his play down the stretch, especially the last couple of games. All they had to do was win one game, one of those two games, and they were in the playoffs. And I'm looking at Carson Wentz, the way he played. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And if he disintegrated in front of Frank Reich, is, is it is it Carson who is slowly declining um, or – or what, is, or what is it? And so we're going to find out because now he's going to play for a Ron Revere. I know it's nonsense coach like Ron Revere. And it depends on what Revere gets him in terms of uh, pass catchers to go along with the Terry McLaurin uh, that, that, that will help define. Washington's defense is not bad. Uh, they just lost Brandon Scherf, who was one of their pro bowl offensive linemen. So now they've got a, a hole in the in the picket fence, so to speak, up Man. front. How are they going to fill that void? Um, so I would say right now, When you look at the two teams stacked up, if I'm the Eagles, I'm thinking I can't wait to see Carson Wentz. And I guarantee you there are a few guys in that Eagles locker room that are looking forward to getting a couple of shots on Carson a couple of times uh, this season. (laughs) I will say
1: Fletcher likes Carson a lot, which, you know. eh,
2: Well, they have a common bond. They love to
1: hunt you know, and and fish and stuff like this. So they have a common bond. He might take it easy. I'm not sure about everybody else. <laughs> You're telling me Fletcher won't fall on top of it. <coughs> okay. yeah.
3: As long as you get him to the ground, Fletcher. And Fletcher's got
1: to be here. Right. Trade. We right. didn't get the right. trade, potential trade, but we'll get to that another yeah. day. D Gun at Real D Gun. Right here, Jacob Media, everywhere. Gun on one podcast. One of the best in the business. Wisconsin's own. And now you claim Delaware. We had Martin Frank on earlier. Big Delaware day for us.
2: Hey, we're just good old country folk down here.
3: <laughs> uh, it, which means he'll be out grilling later on he <laughs> got always a pleasure buddy thanks much we'll hit you back up in a couple of weeks
2: thank you guys you guys have a great day
3: Eric on uh, Jacob Media's own Eagles P- uh, post game show uh, you can catch him here on the channel all the time we are glad he jumped on with us today here on Birch 365 Five. All right, gotta take our final time out but then when we come back we will officially put a bow on the show
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
7: Field of life. First trust bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
3: Appreciate everybody streaming on in on this Wednesday edition of Birds 365, which by the way, would show two thirty two, and 232. we only have one hundred eighty one days to the first Sunday of the upcoming season. Um, hey Jody,
1: but, real quick, interesting. Yeah. The NFL meetings are coming up. The spring meetings and the competition committee meets, um, and they have rule proposal potential changes. Overtime would be the biggest one. Um, it, it's it's. Uh, the Eagles made an interesting proposal when it comes to secondary football executive positions, because they just lost uh, Brandon Brown. They lost Ian Cunningham. So they want to change the rule to allow the employer club, the choice to retain the executive through the draft. So that gives me a clear indication that they're not happy about losing those guys before the draft. I told you about that calendar. It's a little bit different for personnel scouting uh, than it is for coaches and players. Uh, it's, it's draft to draft um, and the Eagles want to put that on the books. So they're not losing key executives before the draft. That's pretty, pretty interesting. Maybe right. a little bit which, in the oh, weeds, but which, oh, oh,
3: by the way, I've been asking you about, um, I probably haven't done so in about a week or so, but um the Eagles have signed nobody, they lost two key executives, and you continue to point. Whoa, but they're 20 deep to begin with, Jody, as they compared to are. the Bengals, who they have are. all of four guys in their entire scouting department Couple and they interns. went to the Super Bowl. But uh, an opening's an opening, and Eagles haven't filled those two spots just yet. Apparently, you're right, they sound like they're not happy that they have to fill those two spots. And want to change nfo rules about it All right, that's something we get into tomorrow um uh, we're going to do something i don't think we've ever done here on birds 365 i'm going to ask john a question about a future show's guest on the air we don't do this on the air we usually do it off the air as soon as the show is over do you want to get blg tomorrow brandon lee Gouton
1: uh sure i love blg okay.
3: we both like blg a lot uh joe santa Laquito is going to join us tomorrow correct
1: yeah uh 820. So we got uh,
3: Joe early. Here's why I want to get BLG on early. Do you have uh Bleeding Green Nation up on your computer? Can you
1: I definitely put I can up get BLG?
3: It. As a matter of uh a matter of fact, their uh lead story is about the Eagles and proposing uh changes for the league, that they're one of the teams that wants to see a change in overtime. But I'm going to direct your attention to something else on BLG's website. Bleeding Green Nation. You got it up there
1: yet? Uh, yeah, I got it up. Okay.
3: How about that picture of Nate Herbig? <laughs> Why would you do that? And I'm questioning whether the Eagles should have given him the tender or not. I would have rather tender Boston Scott than Nate Herbig. Why would you put that picture of Nate Herbig up there?
1: My guess is: well, I'm I'm clicking on. It's it's getty images. My guess is. Remember, I talked about the offensive linemen. They don't get a lot of respect. So, you know, you have to uh, subscribe to these uh, photograph uh, services, Getty USA Today, we use on Sports Illustrated. Um, uh, Sometimes they don't have a lot of pictures of offensive linemen. That's it. That has
3: to be the one picture.
1: There can't be another picture.
3: If you've got a choice of one of two and that's one of them, you're taking the other picture. I'll That's tell you. What, be it. Yeah, but you're telling me Nate Herbig has got these uh, viral video. You can go find one. No, you can't. You can't even find a picture of Nate Herbig, let alone a viral video of him making a dominating play this past year. This is
1: this is why you go up the uh, you, you go to camps and OTAs and and you get what we call stock photos. You get yes. as many as the lesser pl- you know, everybody's got the stars, right? You, so you don't worry about that. So you try to get as many as possible. In that case, I would go to my phone and yeah, I would go to a different Nate Herbig uh, picture that I have gotten personally. You that's should have lent
3: it to him. You should have called him and go, yeah, well, you know, Brandon, called, I could, I I could I text you one that's better than that one.
1: you got. Yeah. I, 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 if he would have called, I would have I I I taken care of it.
3: him. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's always good to talk to BLG because he's great. I know. Oh, by the way, I want to get him on tomorrow so I can pimp him about that picture. How do you do that to the guy? I'm cutting him down because I don't think he's worth the tender, but at least I didn't put that picture of him up. Man, <laughs> that's just harsh, BLG. Poor right, Herbie
1: so the love bug.
3: Maybe incredible. we'll try and get BLG up tomorrow. We're definitely going to have Joe Santo, Quito. I'm going to be back here in 22 hours. How about you, McMullen? I'm going to do it. Let's do it, Jody. Right back here on Bird's. 365 and two and two if you missed any of today's show
0: on the jacob media channel listen to the podcast on your way home available on youtube apple and without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies